Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody doing? kind of weird being on the, on the air this, this early in the day. <laughs> anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, we got a great show for you tonight, and uh, it's a topic that I'm really interested in. Anyway, um, my name is Charlotte. I'll be your host, and I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal problem, we're just making new adjustments. If you have a paranormal problem, we can help you. It might take us a while. California is a huge state. Hey guys, my <laughs> this is how my day is going. I got all kinds of weird stuff going on. Computer is doing what it wants. Probably the ghosties are busy. Must be the fairy folk. Fairy folk do things like this. But anyway, um, California is a big state. So what I do is, if we can't get to you right away, uh, one of our uh, sensitives will call you, and uh, and maybe they can calm things down or get the ball rolling to help you. All right. My guest today is Joe Hickey Hall. She's going to be talking about modern fairy sightings. You know, the stuff you, you know, you always hear about the old, the, the old legend fairy sightings from like the older days. Well, she has a podcast where she takes calls from people who have seen fairies in the here and now. So that's rather interesting. And that just kind of, kind of bodes into a case that my, my team did a couple of years ago where um, it involved fairy folk as well. So I'm really inter interested in, you know, I'm really happy to talk to her. If you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see and you haven't done so already, please feel free to uh, follow because we're always looking for followers. Same thing with YouTube. If you're watching from YouTube and you like what you see today, be sure to hit that subscribe button. I've got 571 videos sitting over on YouTube, all different topics. I'm a journalist, photojournalist. I don't like concentrating on the same topics every day, every day, every day. So I like to change it up. You know, sometimes we'll have tons of fun topics. We'll talk about the Beatles. We'll talk about just different stuff. And I'm sure if you look at all the video we have over on, over on at the YouTube site, you will find something you like. Even if you, even if you still like paranormal, of course. Okay. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. I want to say hi to people on, on Twitch as well that are watching and on Twitter. Okay. So, without further ado, we're going to talk fairies, and I'm really excited to do this. You know, I was just, I just talked to the Flying Tinkerbell over the weekend. I know, it's funny. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. That was my little humor. But, uh, okay, let me bring her in and get this show on the road. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's um, it's nine o'clock p.m. over here, so uh, so yeah. But I'm I'm good, thanks very much. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's not as hot. Yesterday was hot here, oh. so at least, it, at least it cooled down a little bit. We don't have our weather is weird here, where it's cold and it's rainy, and then all of a sudden it's hotter than hell. Oh, it's so cold here, and but yeah, I I got wet doing the school run this morning, so it's uh, it's just cold and windy and wet. So the idea of having a lovely hot day over there sounds very tempting. And where are you located? We're in Bristol, in the southwest of England. 
Nice. So I guess, I mean, it's so lush and beautiful, so we can't really blame the rain right. because this is this is what gives us the gorgeous landscape that we live in. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, aside from the weather, there's just a whole host of, you know, it's, it's a place rich in history and folklore and Absolutely. all sorts of activity. So I think it's a, it's a good place to be. Well, I have family in Canterbury, in Canterbury Kent oh. and um, uh, Croydon. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, I only recently visited Canterbury and we were astonished. It's just, yeah, an incredible place to visit. Really Absolutely. amazing. Absolutely. So tell me about you. Um, well, I have, I, I guess in terms of the, the podcast, um, the podcast is something that I started, Modern Fairy Sightings podcast, back in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, like so many people, I'm sure you've heard uh, many different strands of these stories. Um, it was a time when people kind of, um, you know, decided to do the things that meant something to them when mm -hmm. lockdown hit, etc. And um, at the time I was, um, I had a group, uh, Modern Fairy Sightings, on Facebook, which is now the Modern Fairy Sightings podcast and project on, mm -hmm. on Facebook group. Um, and I was talking to people about their experiences there. And that was because I had been researching since about 2016 for a book called Magical Folk, in which we looked at the folklore um, it was kind of like half, well, it was an academic perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, along with a load of other um, researchers and writers, um, joined Simon Young, who's a very well-respected uh, folklorist and academic in the UK, in writing this book. And we looked into all the different counties in um in England and we looked at Wales and Scotland and Ireland as well and Northern Ireland and some of the islands as well, the Channel Islands um, and Isle of Man. And we we kind of took a, a folkloric perspective on it, historical folklore. But then we also spoke to people about, you know, their fairy encounters, if, if there were any. And so um, myself and my co-writer, Mark Norman, another very well-regarded um, folklorist. Mm -hmm. We spoke to some people down in Devon, because we were doing the Devon chapter, and um, I thought it was really interesting because uh, when people would tell us about their experiences, they would say, oh, well, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about this one. But then they, they you know, some of them had another one that they were less inclined to share. And... Uh, and I found that interesting because there is still this massive taboo around fairy sightings. I mean, mm -hmm. at the time, something that Mark talked about uh, was that there seems to be this kind of sliding spectrum in terms of experiences. At the one end, you know, you've got kind of uh, ghosts and it's, it's perfectly acceptable to... Mm -hmm to talk about ghosts and then you have you know ufos which are becoming more and more kind of mainstream that used to be a kind of like a, a weird topic bringing right. up ufos right. and aliens but it's just less so i mean people are so accepting of that now um and then at the other spectrum and the spectrum you've got fairy sightings and, and and things like you know bigfoot and um 
And people find that really tough to kind of talk about openly for fear of ridicule. So I, I thought it was interesting that they were able to talk about some aspects, but not others. And so I set up the um, Facebook group uh -huh. to give people a safe space to be able to talk about those things, because I myself had had an experience years and years before. So I knew, I knew what that felt like to not really feel like you were able to speak openly. Um, and as I say, then on the back of, of that, which just grew and grew, in fact, you know, yeah, the, the, that, that group just was very popular with people sharing their, their encounters um, in early 2020. So it was just it was just after things kicked off uh, in March 2020. By the early April, uh, because I'd been kind of meditating every day because I was able to work from home as many people did back then and we were lucky enough to have a garden so I was out there meditating every day and I would um, so I do this meditation every day and this this message kept coming through uh, this idea of doing a podcast and I thought oh, well you know I, I wouldn't know what to do I, I wouldn't know how to do a podcast but this message kept coming and so I thought, well, I need to try this clearly because it's the, this idea isn't going away. Uh -huh. um, and that's how the podcast started. So from the early April to the November, I learned how to podcast, just kind of teaching myself. And um, I interviewed a, a group of, of folks and I had three ready by the time that it it went out in November. And um, so the podcast has been running since November 2020. It is really, it's all about talking to people, ordinary people about their extraordinary experiences. And the, the first three that went out, um, I think, I think I always say to people start at the beginning, because I think it it's helpful to sort of follow the journey of the podcast as well but I mean if you listen to the the first one it's a very simple chat between me and a guy who his job was a very very um it was a very responsible job I can't to, you know uh share what it what it was that, that he did but he had a a very very highly responsible job and was not the kind to sort of talk about these things and he had been through a tricky time in his life and he'd taken himself away to a remote part of Scotland and he had been walking back one evening um, in the kind of dusk uh, to where he was staying he was on his own and he saw this this being cross his path and what's interesting about these stories and if this happens time and time again is that my guests and myself included in my own experience, they get eye contact with these beings. They're not the kind of Tinkerbell, you know, fairy mm -hmm. storybook beings that you might think of when you think of fairies. Hardly any of them have wings. But this this uh, moment where you get eye contact, I feel, is particularly interesting. You know, I find that, like you say, they're not like Tinkerbell. And I agree with that. I mean, you know, society has made them all these beautiful things, but they actually look like people, except they're little, right? This is it. I mean, they I mean, they take very different forms. Uh -huh. Some people have seen small winged beings and there are those stories, too. Uh, but, um, you know, society, well, maybe 
<laughs> there are lots of instances where things are, you know, infantilized, ridiculed, um, in order to kind of, quite frankly, shut people down a lot of the time. Right. Right. So I think that, you know, fairies have been through various stages throughout history in our kind of relationships with them. You know, back in kind of medieval times, it was just a very natural, they were part of people's lives. It was a very natural thing. Um, With with religious reformations through the years, they've been demonized. So, you know, again, we see it. We see it today. People are either demonized or ridiculed or uh, infantilized in order to to either, you know, shut things down or to give a a different, yeah, it's, it's part of that, I suppose. And I think, I think nowadays, um, with the way that we have been through so many changes in the last few years, and even the kind of run up before that, even from about 2016, you know, things were really shifting in in very interesting ways. And I think that um, there's something happening with the world. And I think that our our perceptions of reality are shifting and I think that people are now they seem to be more open to perhaps perceiving things in a different way perhaps being a little bit more open to what is possible and the you know the limitlessness of of um the ways that we can look at the world and you know what reality is if we can even describe it as as that well, I could say from personal experience, I mean, I was always raised, you know, with stories about fairies and stuff, but I was real sarcastic, you know, not sarcastic, mm-hmm. but not believing because it's in a kid's book or whatever. Uh, we did an investigation a couple of years ago in this house that had these two autistic sons and they were hearing voices and then, and, and there was like stuff disappearing and reappearing and things like that in the house. And when my, sensitive came forward and said i think it's fairies mm-hmm. i kind of looked at her and went oh here you, you've been smoking a pipe you know <laughs> <laughs> but when i sat yeah. in the house alone and sat in the living room mm-hmm. i heard them talking right and there was only one place possible they could have been underneath the house which was across you know real tiny little crawl space but they were i could hear it and then and it wasn't really loud talking but you could hear the voices and that's what convinced me mm-hmm. that we were dealing with fairies on this property. And they didn't mean any harm. They were just there, you know, that that, that was where they were hanging out. Yeah. But it, yeah. Really, it really changed my mind about things, you know, so, you know, the last couple of years because after doing that and experiencing that. That's really interesting. So have they had, had they seen them, the little boys? Yes. In fact, the little yeah. boys would sit in the living room and they'd point up to a corner of the house and right, right, you know, all the time that they were yeah. seeing these little people and then the father thought you know well maybe it's a ghost or whatever's going on here bring somebody out to check it out that's why when she said when, she, when the psychic told me that i was shocked and i said are you serious you know are you are you serious that we're going to go and tell this man there's fairies out here yeah yeah but after i heard the voices it just i was convinced this is it and you know kids i mean this is something i talk about a lot with my guests as well because mm-hmm as kids we are just open we see we see what is there we haven't kind of had this overlaid reality put up put on us yet so much through socialization mm-hmm. you know once kids get to school and they're told um by their peers uh, or maybe those in you know in authority that um it's 
impossible or ridiculous to see a fairy or that any of these things exist um you know they they get shut down but i think that uh if you're naturally imaginative and open if your family is open in its approach to allowing you to play creatively and explore your own you know imagination and you know and if if you have these experiences um of any sort really that your family kind of encourage you to lean into any kind of creative um Mm -hmm. um, you know play then I think that you you are more open and certainly as young children before we get to school we are open and we see did we just see what's there you know we see colors around people we're seeing people's auric bodies and it's just very very simple and straightforward so um yeah this happens a lot and um and it and it's not you know it's it's hard isn't it because it's not as if we would blame the the parents if the parents say oh don't be ridiculous right, right, you know that's there's right. no such thing as whatever because what parents are trying to do is they're trying to um, protect their children they're trying right. to comfort them and they don't want to frighten them and um, but as I say it's something that I've I've talked about in in various episodes where people have had experiences say as adults but then they say well actually as a child you know these are the sorts of things I saw too um, and sometimes even just by talking about their adult uh, encounter that they had uh, just by doing that like with any other kind of trauma experience sure. once you start talking about it, it it sort of triggers other memories and um so that's that's kind of what the process is really it, it's as i say i know from my own experience what it's like to um to go through that when i first saw a fairy uh, just to give you a, a bit of history on sure. that um sure. I um I had been you know interested in things like crystals and dreams and stuff when I was about sort of 14 or 15 um I was always interested in stuff I was interested in mysteries I used to read a lot as a kid I used to have this book called I think it was called Fantastic Mysteries or something like that. Um, I wish I still had that book. I think about it all the time and try and find it sometimes you know these childhood books are so precious right. aren't they. Um but um I I was kind of interested in in you know uh, mysteries of sorts mm-hmm. but um but I was never really into fairies the only connection I had with fairies was my mum had one of the um Cicely Mary Barker flower fairies books and then the telephone table and I loved reading through that they were beautiful pictures that people would recognize those straight away if they saw them the flower fairies um and the other thing was that my dad, who is Irish, uh, he's, he's passed away now since 2014, but uh, he, he used to tell me stories at bedtime and he had an amazing imagination and he would tell me these incredible stories of, uh, you know, when he was a child and they'd go off, this was in rural Ireland in um he was born in 1936 so the place where he grew up was still very very rural and they would go off for the day you know he had lots of brothers and sisters and then he would tell me um you know as part of a story that you know maybe one of them would wander off and it would become dusk and they weren't sure where they were and they would happen upon uh, a stone circle mm-hmm. and um or a fairy fort even and uh, the fairy fort that you know they would start to think of the warnings that they'd had from their families about you know don't you know beware of the fairies and and right. 
and um so you know he would tell me about these stories but actually they were really wondrous and they used to end with this this child kind of going into uh, an other world of some sort and having right. this amazing right. adventure and coming back and and having been transformed in some way so so those were my only sort of links with with fairy if you like or, or introductions to fairies but as a as a teen as I said I was kind of interested in sort of crystals and stuff and then uh, when I was about maybe about 19 or something like that or perhaps perhaps a little older um, I started going to these spiritual workshops where we would be taught all sorts of things like um, well one of them was the banishing pentagram we were, we were taught um, you know techniques to clear our homes techniques for meditation um, auric cleansing seeing auras uh, just you know stuff like this that was going to cool. be practical on a kind of spiritual uh, level and um, the woman who taught us was a quite an elderly lady and she once mentioned in one of the breaks that she'd seen a fairy and to me that was just I, I just couldn't compute that at all you know even though she'd been teaching us all this other um, all these other topics and themes and I'd been so into it and um, mm -hmm. and and been practicing when she mentioned that I just couldn't really relate to that at all and I I, I just thought well, that's wrong because it's impossible to see a fairy they don't exist right. um and so but years later that was um in 2007 I think it, it was um I I did see a fairy I had been uh, to a really beautiful nature spot with my partner where I, we were dating at the time he's he later became my husband but we hadn't long been together and he used to come visit me in Jersey where I lived where I'm from and um it's the Jersey and Channel Islands just off the coast of France for your listeners okay <laughs> um New York yeah no no <laughs> um I think so New Jersey is is uh, named for for Jersey there we go uh, so um so yeah, I you know we we were just there and we were having a really lovely romantic time together and we'd bought a picnic and we'd gone to watch the sun go down, and as it came to to dusk again, um, I I happened to turn around. I think I had felt like some you know when you get the impression that someone's watching you, right? And and you turn to to sort of see who it is that's approaching or whatever. So I turned around and I saw this little green man and and he looked very much like the kind of Freudian um, archetypal fairies with the the little uh, you know different shades of green the little shirts and and waistcoat and trouser type thing you know that kind of impression right, 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 right. Um, and he had some kind of hat which I can never remember but what I remember most of all was his face so he was looking right at me and his, he had really really interesting eyes they were very open his face was very open it was very round and, and pleasant looking he wasn't smiling but he wasn't frowning either he just looked curious he was looking right at me and I was looking right at him and he was probably about two and a half three foot something like that he was not that far away from me he was further up the the slope from where we were uh, he was next to a fallen log I can never remember whether he was in front of it or behind it but he was next to this fallen log and that kind of felt 
afterwards that that felt relevant at the time, significant. Um, and so we were just looking at each other. And then I either, oh, and about his, the other thing about his face that was, was very notable was that it was so ancient. So his skin was, um, you know, weathered by the sun, if you like, but so ancient that there was no flat skin left on it. It was just lined, completely wrinkled and lined and ancient like leather. Um, and then I either blinked or looked away or something, you know, I don't know. But I took my eyes off him for a moment anyway, or my, my, um, or blinked and then he was gone, but we had had this, you know, eye contact. So, you know, that this, this was something that I couldn't explain. It was something that I didn't tell my partner at the time. I was really shocked. I was kind of looking at this being and not really sure what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when we got up to leave afterwards, um, so it got dark by this time. We'd stayed, we stayed much longer. We were, you know, having a really nice time there. When we went to leave, it was pitch black. There were um, no street lamps around there because it was a, you know, natural beauty spot away from any roads. Um, any, even the, the the rural roads there don't have any street lamps. So we went to walk back to the car, and as we got up to walk further up towards where I'd seen this being. Um, there was something began to walk in the long grass to the left of us. And my husband gets spooked really easily. So he picked up his pace and then uh, it picked up its pace. And I was kind of walking behind and, you know, sort of running behind then because my husband started running. Mm-hmm. And and I thought it was very funny <laughs> because <laughs> I knew what I knew what was going on immediately. Um, but uh, and I and I did tell him you know much much later I think it was probably it must have been a few months later I can't really remember when I told him but he thought it was interesting he he, you know he wasn't really into anything like that but he did think that was interesting Mm -hmm. and um yeah so so that was kind of my my own experience but it was something that had had happened and I I did want to talk to somebody about it but Mm -hmm. it was a while before I found somebody that I wanted to talk to about it and it was this this man who I knew was known as you know working with magic and that he would he was a kind of a wise man as I saw him Um, and I plucked up the courage to go and mention this to him one day and um, he told me that I wasn't the only one to have seen something there you know Mm -hmm. he laughed and 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 thought that was interesting because I wasn't the only one to have seen something and years later um so last summer so this is that happened 2007 so in 2022 I was in Jersey and I had been meaning to speak to a woman who it turned out had also seen something there uh, because at the time, one of the first people, I think the first person that I told this to when it happened, just after it happened, because I had to tell somebody, uh, was this lovely friend who was into spiritual stuff, you know. But anyway, I thought she'd be interested and maybe could I could talk to her about it. And she she listened and she was lovely and, and she just said, I think that's really lovely that you think you saw what you saw, but I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I just can't believe it. And I think that this is something that a lot of people come up against because it's very hard for people to get their heads around it. 
mm-hmm. when something happens like this, it, unless you've seen something yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I moved to Bristol in 2014, she called me and she said, oh, you know, you'll never guess what. I've got this friend that I, I didn't know. And she said, and she has seen something in that same place and it sounds very like what you saw so now she was willing to believe because she knew that we didn't know each other and randomly this this friend of hers had told her that she'd seen something too so I managed to meet this woman last summer and we went to the place and in fact that was one of the episodes um, that I released last year uh, the recording of me having a chat with her about about what she'd seen at this place and it turns out that she saw the same being that I did at this place and um, quite a similar behavior as well a bit cheeky but this the same you know that this just within meters of the same location it's just amazing to me that that was really a big moment for me because you know we 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 don't really understand and and we still don't understand what these beings are where they emanate from and kind of what's going on what's our relationship with them and what their relationship is with the places that we see them mm-hmm. but uh you know the thought was that somehow whatever we see we sort of it comes from us and that it's reflective of how we make sense of nature or location or the other world or you know, spirituality or beings. But, you know, the fact that this woman saw what I saw, the same being, she described him looking the same as I did in the same place, suggests that, you know, this is what we might refer to as a genius loci. It's a a being that is, they they have some kind of representation, spiritual representation of that place that they perhaps tend to it that they represent it in some way so this is suggests that you know that it isn't just within us it's external to us and and that is very interesting to me now I had an experience here and this was after I you know had that had those experiences at that house and as a kid before everybody laughs just work with me here guys as a kid to amuse me, my sister would take a mirror and, re- and, u- and use the sun's reflection or a lamp's reflection and bounce the mirror all over on, on our dark paneling. And she'd say, well, it's Tinkerbell. So then I'd go chasing the thing, you know, being a kid. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting watching TV and um, the next thing I know, I see these little lights like that. Wow. And they're, da- they're, they're dancing around my hallway. And I, uh, I couldn't figure it out. So I get a hold of one of my mediums and she says, well, the fairies are there. And it made perfect sense because that's exactly how my sister would flash that thing on the, on, on the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to think that they were here. They can take different forms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they can. And, um, I mean, the one I saw, as I say, he was, um, you know, right. small humanoid. Right. But I, I do speak to people that see different different forms and um i do believe that they can appear as orbs now i know that not orbs not 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 all orbs that are captured in in videos and photos are right you know energy manifestations i know that they're, they're dust particles etc cetera, etc cetera, but not all of them not all of them and um you know when they're seen with the naked eye 
I do believe that they can be just very dense manifestations of energy. Okay, we're all made of energy. We, you know, each of us, um, we are, are, if we look at our physical bodies, that's just mm -hmm. the densest part of our form. We are also, we have, you know, other, uh, you know, light bodies, etheric bodies, and everything has an energy. Obviously, trees, mm -hmm. everything that we see around us is made of energy. Um, these beings, they are, you know, that they, they can be seen in, in various forms. It might be that we see an aspect of what they look like, like I did. I saw this humanoid right, figure. Right. But if I was with somebody else and they had seen that being, they may have even seen it as an orb because mm -hmm. it depends which kind of level you're looking at. It's a bit like right. a radio station. You're tuned into different different levels of perception, if you like. Yeah, you're, you're seeing the world through a different kind of bubble of perception and you're you're picking things up through a different kind of lens in a way. Right. Um, and so I do believe that you can see um, these fairies in, in orb form and that's just their, their dense sort of um, their Well, energy. you know, I've always wondered because there are orb photos and I've, I've taken them myself that mm. look like there's a face in the orb mm. staring back at you. So now, now that you've said that, it makes me wonder if, if we're not picking up fairy folk and the, you know it's their faces and those orbs, not deceased people like like ghost hunters think they are. It's possible, and um, I mean they could be they could be deceased people too. I mean the, the whole thing is that what we're finding is that there really is very much blurred lines between what is a ghost, you know, what mm -hmm. is what is a, a poltergeist, or what is a fairy, um, what is what is Bigfoot. They. Mm -hmm. They share a lot of the same phenomena and, um, you know, so there's the knocking, you know, that can be fairies, right. it could be a poltergeist, right. you know, throwing throwing items, that could be Bigfoot, that could be poltergeist, that could be fairy, that could be a ghost, you know, it's, <laughs> um, it's difficult to sort of say, well, it's definitely this and it's not that. So lots of things, as you say, that people may have thought of before as right. ghosts, maybe they are fairies, or, you know, maybe if um, the, the folklore of a certain culture um, or, or place is very much into the kind of fairy folklore, they might refer to something as being a fairy when actually perhaps perhaps it was a ghost. We just don't know. You know, we, we need to understand more about the relationship between all of, all of the, the, these different, well, we see them as different beings. Um, we're kind of categorizing them in a way that we understand and we just don't know but it, it's helpful to to talk about it and and to, to to just listen to each other and I think that's what the podcast is about really it's just it's allowing people to tell their own story in their own words and for other people to hear that um, because um, we, we get a lot from it and and as researchers as well we're always talking to each other and exchanging ideas and I think that's important I think it's important to to keep evolving as we go on and not say well it's definitely this and I, I'm kind of sticking with with this point of view because this is the one that you know I've been working on for three years and and this is <laughs> this is my thing I think it's really important as researchers that we we keep expanding our understanding and just to kind of be open to exploring avenues that um that we haven't looked at before and and i talk about uh in the in the podcast uh, lately i've been talking about this the boggle threshold which 
is this idea that we each have a certain threshold that, that we get to where anything outside of that is just feels or seems ridiculous to us. So for me, that day when I was in that workshop and the woman was talking about having seen a fairy Mm-hmm. that had reached my boggle threshold that was not going through you know it just wouldn't I said you know it didn't compute that's exactly how it felt it just kind of got thrown back now I'm not having that <laughs> until I saw one myself and then and then there was that breakthrough um so and it's not even necessarily that you have to have these experiences in order to raise your awareness either but I think just even hearing people talk about it in their own words something about that it's a it's a very expansive um you know um, situation because you're when you hear truth it resonates we all know that truth resonates at a very deep level we're as as you know as kind of as human beings um we can sense that it's the same as we can sense if there's something just not quite right about situation even if it's somebody that we would usually sort of trust if they're saying something that just does not quite sit well it just doesn't seem right and it's the same way if we're if we hear somebody talk about something that is really out there but we can hear in their voice that they are absolutely 100% believing in in what they're saying and we can feel the emotion behind it I think that that is um it's it's very moving and it it does actually help us expand our level of understanding and awareness. Do you think? I mean, like like let's use like, like the United States for instance. I mean, as kids, we were raised on the Blue Fairy. We were raised on Tinkerbell and stuff. Yeah. Do you think that that attitude has a little bit to do with it because we we were raised on these cartoon fairies? Well, this is it, and this is what I, I'm saying. You know about the kind of the infantilization and the ridiculing, um, or the, um, you know, the beautification of of fairies. Um, yeah, very much so. I think that it was the the i the 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 view of, of fairies is very much disnified mm-hmm. um, and beautified, and that you know that's that's not to say that that's not an aspect of of a fairy Mm -hmm. it is but it's just one part of it but what it does is that it sort of it it puts it into um you know a section reserved for for childhood and then when you get to a certain age you're expected to you know put put those childhood ideas to one side and um and if you continue to to believe that fairies are real then you know then that there must be something wrong kind of thing because it's just not really acceptable in today's today's society however I do think that is changing um and um I do think that people are opening to to more ideas about the the unknown than than they used to be what do you think because I mean you're right in the thick of it I see it I see it yeah I see people having more open minds with it mm-hmm. you know the, the tv shows have definitely helped but then again they've definitely hurt too because if you watch the tv shows over here it has to be evil or a demon yeah. before people will watch it and i think that's hurt because you know up until like eight years ago you'd go on a case and it was grandma or uncle or something mm-hmm. and now it's it's a demon i know it's a demon i know what you know it's just like it's not all like that I know. You know, but people yeah. are more open. People are more open fantasy st- to fantasy to, to to the fairy world. They're more open to, to certainly the UFOs. 
you know, and the alien abductions and all that. So like you say, it is, it is opening up little by little. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as people just feel safe to talk about their experiences, I mean, they're not all, um, you know, talking about demons, they're, mm -hmm. they're not all light and fluffy either. I mean, right. a lot of the people that I talk to have very matter of fact ones. Like one particular one, which I really love before I tell you about the more scary ones sure. one that I really love was these two women that were going off to um, do a, a, a Wiccan ritual in a very well-known large park in the UK and as they they were a little bit late actually to for the for the meeting so they were kind of hurrying along a bit and the woman that, that shared this encounter with me she was pregnant at the time and so as they're going along the path this little being uh, comes sharing the same path, uh, mm -hmm. comes heading in the opposite direction towards them and passes them on the path. Now, she described him as a real leaf crunching person, this little being that was, he looked again a bit like the, the being I saw, the archetypal fairy with the beard and the hat and the, you know, little, little, I don't know if it was a green or red jacket, I can't quite remember now. But um, and he nodded at them as if to say, you know, good day or good evening or whatever, and and ran on. And they just continued. And the the woman said to um, to her friend, "Oh, did you see the fairy?" And she said, "Yeah." And they just carried on. You know, these just very matter of fact mm -hmm. encounters that happened. And a lot of a lot of them are like that. You know, people will be somewhere. And then something extraordinary happens. But at the time, to them, they describe it as just feeling very natural, as you would mm -hmm. if you saw a wild animal out in nature. It's incredible you know, if you come face to face with a deer. Right. Uh, it's an incredible moment. And, you know, again, you, you sometimes get eye contact as well with that you know wild beast and then it's the moment is over but it was something really beautiful and they say that the same thing happens when they see um a fairy being uh but as i say they're not always so uh pleasant right. just recently i have spoken to a woman who had a really terrifying experience in her flat in london and um it over the last two episodes I've been talking to her about that and she had visited the bathroom in the night like we all do and she had well that there'd been a lot of phenomena going on in the house for months and months before like you experienced well you were right, talking about before right. things going missing uh, like that the, the, in the house with the two young boys you were talking yeah. about things going missing um, things being seen out the corner of your eye items being thrown out of cupboards and she and she said the energy in that place was just really odd and the people her friends that came to visit her there would say God, how can you live here you know this is a really strange place to be it's got a really strange energy and and it made them feel uncomfortable so one night when she visited the toilet she saw these two little goblins um they were standing just behind the threshold of the door, which is interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute. And um, they were pointing at her. There was a larger one and a, and a, a slimmer one. And the, the little one was on the other one's shoulders. Mm 
they were very animated and they were pointing and this absolutely terrified you can imagine in the in the dead of night this happening and uh so there have been other stories like this where i've spoken to people some of them have never made it on to the show in fact because they've been too disturbing oh. i'll say that um or that the person has just been too terrified to actually go public with it. Because even though all of my guests remain anonymous, mm -hmm. the simple act of talking about it, if you've had a traumatic experience, like any, like any experience like that, right. they're frightened that it will come back. Right. You know, and because we still don't understand, we, we don't un understand enough about these worlds. Now, I brought up the... Um, the 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 idea of the, the threshold there and a, a lot of the people I speak to and the encounters that they have there's often a kind of liminal aspect to these encounters either like my own they happen at um, twilight or dawn um, which again is that's a threshold from one one to the one to the other from from right. day to night um, sure. or, or night to day um, or they can be, you know, perhaps on a shore between land and sea. Uh -huh. uh, and and they can be physical thresholds like doors. You know, so they're, or in fact, it, periods of their life. So, for instance, this woman um, who I've been speaking to recently, who, had, who saw the goblins, this was a time in her life where she'd had a breakup. So she was moving from one phase of her life to another. She'd broken up. She'd moved into this place on her own. And she kind of, she described it as being sort of like in a bit sense of, of limbo because she was, she'd kind of removed herself from the world and she wasn't quite ready to go back into it again. So she was in this place, this very strange place. And for myself, you know, I was at the moment of falling in love, um, which was a real pivotal threshold for me. Um, mm -hmm. you know, meeting my husband. So um, the, there is this, there are some roots of inquiry that myself and other researchers are interested in. And all we can do is, is really kind of keep talking to people around the subject, keep open minds. And a bit like what you're doing, you know, just, just um, having people offer their own ideas Mm -hmm. and, and listening to that mm -hmm. do you think like okay like like you were going through the transition of falling in love so you saw the fairy that 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 resembled a little man but she because of the turmoil she was going through and trying to start her own life of course she got the we'll say mischievous yeah fairy and maybe that's because that's what they say like with ghost hunting too i mean if you have a negative outlook on stuff you're going to have negative drawn to you you know if you're yeah. like that i there's, there's definitely something in that. There's definitely something in that. I think that um, the people that I had spoken to that had had really awful experiences had been going through very, very difficult times in their life. Um, having said that, there are beings that appear that are, well, again, I'm thinking of one other, I'm thinking of one other encounter that wasn't kind of terrifying. It was shocking. But again, that, that, that person was um they were going through a difficult age and they were being a bit kind of stroppy and and on this particular occasion they had gone off from their family they were staying at a family friend's home mm -hmm. um and they had been you know a bit a bit sulky and a bit stroppy and they'd gone off and they'd 
gone outside of the fence of that home where they knew they shouldn't have gone. And they saw this, what she described it like was, well, first of all, there was a buzzing and then that sound seems to um, crop up quite a bit with encounters as well, this buzzing sound. Um, and she saw this, what looked like a kind of tree, but walking. So its roots were moving along the ground and that was how it was moving along. And it was absolutely terrifying for her. And it turned to her direction and she ended up running back, you know, but late, later on in her life as an adult, she had a very beautiful experience, which is uh, episode two uh, in the um, podcast Call to the Other World. A really beautiful experience. I think that was in Canada, actually. And um, so, you know, on the one hand, yes, she'd been having a very, she'd had a very tricky experience, but what she said was that it taught her a lot. And and this is the thing, it's not as if, you know, sometimes with ghosts, there seems to be this this sense of, well, what was the point of that? You know, it was to, right. you left right. somebody completely terrified. Right. Where where was the point in all of that? Whereas with, it seems to be with, with fairy sightings, there's this point of of transformation possibility of transformation and this I think also kind of harks back to the the very early medieval um, Irish folklore that we've got where when we did have interactions with these she these these beings these otherworldly beings there was this possibility for transformation for the human that interacted them and they came away as better people they might have had a bit of a shock like we tend to do with these very experiences now yeah. but they come away with something it's like a deeper richness they 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 connect to a deeper part of themselves that maybe they'd lost contact with maybe they didn't know it was there there's a real deep spiritual aspect to this it kind of brings us back in some ways to who we truly are this is what I I feel so there is that aspect to it as well and so I think that especially at these times as well this is so important that we do that that we do kind of reconnect in with what is true for us um, and we kind of find ourselves again because it, everything seems to be going to pot around us and and probably rightly so uh, because um, you know we need to get back to what is true again and I think that these experiences they can give an opportunity for really getting back to our true values mm -hmm. and our connection with the world, with, with nature, but also this universe and, and where we sit within it. And that, you know, we're, we're probably not the only ones. It would be a bit ridiculous to think that we are the you know the only beings that inhabit this universe um it's rather egotistical of ourselves to <laughs> to even think that anyway so so if we can put our egos aside and actually just explore and be open and um you know see see what might be out there but also in there you know within ourselves i think that we've got a lot to gain from that well you know i was just thinking while you were talking do you think because you're in the UK, because you guys, everyone, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everyone, but people in the UK, like you say, your dad told stories about these things. You guys are, pra are practically raised on that stuff. Where over here, 
like I said, we, we, we get the happy little fairies like Tinkerbell. So, I mean, when somebody over here sees a fairy, they don't, they really don't want to believe it. There's that, there's that block up right away. But like you talk about those ladies that were walking and they saw the little guy right away, you know, both of them were like, Oh, it's a fairy. And then they walk on. So maybe, mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, over here, we still got to work on learning how to accept that stuff. I, I speak to plenty of people um, over in America that have had these experiences too. There's a, there's there's quite a few of them on the podcast. Oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think that um, I guess there is something to be said for being brought up with all of this. That you, it might mean that your family is a little bit more open, or may, perhaps mm -hmm. a little bit more creative in some ways in their approach to life itself. I think that if yeah. if you have a very sort of narrow viewpoint of what the world is and that it's a sort of a very restrictive view, mm -hmm. then you are going to be more dismissive if you are in the midst of this extraordinary experience you're just going to put it down to something else you know there's lights you saw you're just going to put it down to that must have been a reflection from a car right, from a right, right, whatever right. you know um I mean you can't really deny when you come face to face with with a being you know yeah yeah and some people that I speak to they had no uh previous connection with with for fairies whatsoever uh, and this is just a real bolt from the blue for them so I think it's a kind of it's it's mixed I guess um but um I think that you know th there is a lot of, of of history with obviously with First Nations over there there's an incredible richness to the uh, folklore and mm -hmm. some of the sites that you have there oh my goodness I would absolutely love to go over and be able to to tour around and, and visit sometime because yeah you 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 have an incredible incredible history there too but I think you're right about um you know in in certainly down here in the west country there is a rich folklore and certainly in Ireland of course where my dad was from um and you did have a fear of of you know the fairies you didn't refer to them as as uh, by by the name of the fairies right. at all you would call call them the good folk um you know so you th things are slightly different but it but it it doesn't mean that it's not happening there in fact um i don't know whether any of your listeners uh might have heard of anything like this but a lot of people that i spoke to uh in america that had, had fairy encounters they seem to see these small dark fairy beings that that come out from i hate to say this but this is going to probably creep your listeners out but i'm going to say it anyway are your your listeners okay with kind of creepy content i guess they're listening absolutely. to california haunts then <laughs> i always have to give a little bit of a warning because it is scary um these beings that come out from under the bed and and terrorize people. I mean, honestly, I spoke to people who just felt like they their lives were being ruined by these small furry creatures. Now, I've I've read there is a piece in one particular piece of folklore um, in in the UK that I've read that describes something similar to that. But I've never spoken face to face with somebody um, that's seen one over here. But seemingly in and certain parts of America and I can't I'm sorry I can't remember exactly where they were situated but they seem to be um, you know existing there in some form and that they were 
causing chaos for people. So if your listeners have heard of or seen anything like that, then then definitely tell them to get in touch because I'd love to learn more about these beings. The other thing that comes to mind, and I don't think it's a, it's, it's a fairy thing, but we have a, you know, the, the California, the, the gold country, where there's a lot of gold mines. Yes. Silver mines. A lot, I've come across three cases with my team that involve Tommyknockers. Yeah. And, you know, that kid, that came over from, what, what was it, the um, Cornish mines, you know, where those guys brought that legend over. But there's still reports to this day of people that, that see them. I, like this one house we investigated, she swore up and down, she could see the little dwarf guy, you know, run, running up and down her hallway and, and, and causing havoc in her house. Most definitely. There's something to do with, um, you know, underground systems, mines. Mm-hmm. It It's right there in the folklore. Um, I mean, even going back as far as, you know, Paracelsus right. um, would would talk about, you know, spoke about these these beings being in mines, in, mm-hmm. um, in Cornish mines. So it goes right back. And yeah, you're right. And it comes right up to the present day. Mm-hmm. So whether they whether that's just one particular type of being and that they exist in, in these particular places or whether that's somewhere that they had to to go to um, when the world shifted in a certain way I just don't know and we, we just don't have the answers but yeah that is an aspect that I find very very interesting myself. Then, I'd love to hear about that the, one of the stories that you told about like your dad telling you the stories and little children that see them I've heard those stories yeah. I've heard those stories, even uh, there, there's a couple roaming around, not here, but around the United States, where a child disappears. Mm. And then when they come back, they talk about seeing these little people underground, and then they're underground with them. Absolutely. There are some cases in Newfoundland as well. I can't remember the, I, oh, I think it's um, Encounters with the good people it might be I can't remember the author but um, yeah there have been some cases where young children went missing uh, for days and then they would come back and say well the little people were feeding me berries you know they did come back Uh, so yeah I mean there's obviously it does make you think about some really you know very difficult stories I'm familiar with the is it 411 yeah yeah um and i had i had watched a, a couple of those some years ago and you know it, it is it's awful to think that some cases of of um you know missing people but again it's right there in the folklore it's it's very creepy to think about or even talk about but um but it does make you wonder it really does if somebody wants to do research on fairies where where should they start Hmm. Um, there are some really great books out there. I think one particular uh, excellent resource is Simon Young. Um, so Dr. Simon Young's, um, he, he resurrected the Fairy Investigation Society and he started a fairy census, which the first um the, the first version of it ran from 2014 to 2017. This is if people just want to read other people's encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is freely available online. Just look up the Fairy Investigation Society and then you'll find the link to the Fairy Census. So that's that's uh, a PDF online. And he's also running the second, um, the second run of that census now, 2017, and it's still running onwards. Um, 
come and have a listen to the podcast. Sure. There's so there's 56 episodes now, and they are all um, you know just first-hand encounters, people talking about their own experiences. There's a few of me chatting with other researchers as well, so it's nice to kind of exchange ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and also I have a Patreon group, and I'm so grateful to the you know such a lovely community because we just kind of get to to talk about these things a lot of the people in that group have had their own experiences so we just be we're able to just talk openly about these uh, encounters and what it feels like to have them and 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 how we can kind of you know start to understand by by sharing with each other the various the various aspects that we've experienced so so that's that's another really nice place to to, to come as well as a community if people are looking for a community um, but there are some great books as well so another book that Simon Young was uh, that resurrected was a book by Marjorie Johnson who was a, a collector of fairy sightings from about the 19 I'm gonna say maybe the 1950s onwards and um, and he this was a posthumous um, publication unfortunately she never got to see this published in her lifetime but it's called seeing fairies and it's excellent i really love that book and then another really great book if you if you want to kind of understand more of the sort of folklore and the fairy traditions is a book called explore fairy traditions by jeremy hart so he's a folklorist uh, that's a really great one and if you want to understand more about the sort of the mystery of all of this and what on earth is going on, I would implore people to read Demonic Reality by Patrick Harper. It's an excellent book and gives you a real insight into, um, are you familiar with this book? Yes. Yeah, it's just yeah. amazing, isn't it? Um, I just, book. yeah, it is a great book. I, I'm, I'm very happy to send you a list of, of uh, books that That would be great. Yeah, be I could refer people out to that. That'd be sure. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's late for you right now. So uh, uh, this was fantastic. I love talking about this stuff. and It, it brings insights to my audience about fairies. And I, I do appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you very much for asking me. I'm, I'm really delighted. And um, it's great to hear your, uh, your experiences as well. I'd like to hear more about those. So, um, yeah, no, it'd be great to chat again. Thank you so oh, much. Yeah, we'll have to get you back on. All right. How do people great. find you? Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, you, so if you look for the modern fairy sightings podcast, um, that's the podcast. And then I have a website called Scarlet of the Fae. That's Scarlet with two T's and the Fae, F-A-E, scarletofthefae.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter at underscore remain underscore curious and on Instagram same um, uh, underscore remain underscore curious um, where else am I I'm on Facebook the modern fairy sightings podcast and project or project and podcast I never remember which way around that is and then as I say uh, Patreon uh, the modern fairy sightings podcast I think that's all I always forget something and I'm sure I've forgotten something but oh yeah you can you can contact me directly as well either through the website um, there's a little contact form there or I'm at scarlet of the fae at gmail.com so again 
So it's S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T of the F-A-E at gmail.com. Yeah, gmail.com. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Lovely to speak to you. Yes, and we'll have to get together again. Yeah, I would love that. Cheers then. Bye. Okay, guys, that was terrific. I love talking about that stuff. I could talk about that stuff for hours. I'm just so into it. And like I said, I've had a couple experiences in my life. And and yeah. Okay, tomorrow we're going back to uh, serious, well, you know, news. We're going to go back to a news item. Um, hopefully, third time is the charm with William Ramsey. And we're going to be talking about the, the, the Balenciaga saga. Uh, well, saga. And the reason, uh, the thing it is that if you guys don't know what that is, is that there was a photo shoot done for, for Balenciaga. And, and unfortunately, the photographer or Balenciaga okayed how they were going to do this. And from what I understand of this, they dressed children in S&M clothes. And it blew up on them all over the internet, all over everywhere. I think there's a lawsuit going right now. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, we hope. Right? Third time's the charm with William Ramsey. So that'll be our usual time at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I want to thank Joe Hickey Hall for coming on today. It was late for her to come on. It was, it was 9 p.m. over in the U.K. for her, but that uh, she's a trooper. Thank you very much, Joe. And I will be checking out your website. I will be checking out your podcast. And I'm going to go over there this afternoon and check it out, in fact. Okay. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are Equal Opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. We're just trying to get the word out. We're trying to push the word out because the more people that watch us, well, it makes it happy, right? Just like the more people that subscribe to our uh, podcast, the nicer it is. And uh, same thing goes for Facebook. And okay, you can find me on Facebook. You can find California Haunts on Facebook. You can find California Haunts over at TikTok uh, under California Haunts. You can find California Haunts over on Twitter under Cal Haunts. We are over at Twitch under Cal Haunts. And I am on Instagram at ghostygal, lowercase, on Instagram. The reason why I'm pushing Instagram right now is because if something happens to TikTok, because, you know, the word is people don't, you know, this whole thing with TikTok. If something happens to TikTok, I will be relocating all my uh, shorts and everything over to Instagram. And we'll be working off Instagram. So uh, just an FYI. So if you might want to get to Instagram and sign up for ghostygal, so that you start following over there as well. You know, the people that follow me off TikTok or the people that want to follow, okay? All right, well, I'm going to say goodbye, and I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I appreciate you all coming. I saw the chat room was full, which is really cool. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun show, and uh, I'll never look at uh, my yard the same. I'll be looking around uh, branches. I'll be looking around fallen oaks, you know, sorry, fallen branches and fallen trees and stuff and see if I can see some fairy folk, which is pretty cool. All right, guys, I will see you tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Oh, you know what I almost forgot to? I have to do my PBS moment. Uh, I hate doing this. You know how it is. I got bills to pay like anybody else, and uh, we want to keep the show going. And I, I, you know, and, and the, the team runs independent of any income. So if you could find it in your heart to donate a few dollars, that would be great. I would really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I've, uh, like I said, I just lost a, one of my ring lights that I use for lighting, so the lighting's kind of darker than it usually is in here but you know if something goes wrong computer breaks or, or, or something gets busted in here i have to replace it a lot of pockets so I'm, i i would appreciate a little help you don't have to i'm just saying it'd be kind of nice uh you could do that at paypal.com california haunts i think it's paypal.com forward slash 
at see that the one paypal.com forward slash California haunts. I think that's what it is. Because I think I had it wrong on here. The, the, I have to look at the ticker. Give me a second here. It's senility. So we're looking at, let's see, here it comes. Okay, paypal.com, yeah, forward slash California haunts. All one word for California haunts. Or you can do it in California haunts at Venmo. But, you know, if you get the chance, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. I understand, right? Anyway, thank you guys so much. I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great rest of your day. And here we go.